Look at that, see? I feel like I feel like I want a cold open just like Andrew does all his great cold opens. <laughs> Imagine if you will, a cold open of all cold opens. Do you remember the day uh, back in the day? I don't know how much you listened to it when it first got started, Andrew. That that um, the science of Pokemon we used to have cold opens, and they were like SNL sketches, and they were completely stupid. I didn't. Uh, I don't think I listened at that point, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But that it sounds like, very funny. It was like the first few years. I I would be like, "Gosh, it's cold in here today, guys. What's going on?" <laughs> Oh, so we're not doing that anymore? That's not. <laughs> I think we're doing it right now. Just like just like Paula Poundstone, because, uh, you know, famous stand-up comic, Paula Poundstone. Oh, yeah, right there, right there. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm too old for all of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I know who that is. You're not crazy. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love her so much. I was so sad. Um, She was here the night uh, that... Isla and I had those photos. I really wanted oh. to. I really wanted to go see her though. I, I like we were in the city that she was performing. I was like, I gotta see. But it would have cost me like sixty dollars to take her to. Her. Yeah, another time. Well, happy Pokemon Day. Anyone who's watching this at a later time or listening to this as it's showing up in our podcast feed, hopefully tomorrow morning. Woo! Look at that. Um, what a great Pokemon Day today was as the most anticlimactic of Pokemon <laughs> Day. <laughs> it was a short presentation. I feel like last year's was like three times longer. Am I wrong? <laughs> so, it certainly felt like it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally went into today saying, like, and I literally said this yesterday. I was like, the announcement's going to be nothing. Like, it's going to be nothing new is coming this year. And I remember someone online was like, oh, someone on Reddit was like, you bullshit. It's going to be Legend Celebi. Like, you're an idiot. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't think anything's going to be announced tomorrow, but okay, sure. Do y'all want to just, like, talk about what Pokemon Day is for those who yeah. might not know? Yeah, let's do it. Tell, oh. Explain it, Jillian. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I guess I'm being put on the spot. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Well, for our listeners who don't know what Pokemon Day is, it's the day to commemorate the launch of Pokemon in 1996. So as of today, Pokemon has been around for 28 years. Is that correct? 27 years? Oh, no, wait. It is 28 because it's birth. God dang it. It's birthday. It is. It's 28. It's the same same age that um, my... No, the same age that I am, but several years. Yeah, I'm a 95 baby, so it's very close. <laughs> I, I'm not so old. <laughs> Anyways, so it's, it's birthday, but do you know where that uh, that date shows up? Because I, I don't think that's the launch date, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that date's from the game. Yeah, I'm so, not sure. Sandra, do you know this one? As far as I know, I thought it was a uh, red and greens release date. Isn't it's a right? day. It's a day listed. It is the, the day Mewtwo was born. Ah. Oh. Oh. Okay. That's yeah. that's February fifth. Oh, dang different it. day. Different ah. day. Close. Oh, okay. um, I have no idea. <laughs> no, this is the release day, but specifically for Japan. 
Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. So February 5th is Mew 2 day. Got it. So uh, I think it's next fe- year, I expect all of you to get tattoos. Yeah, no. Nah, I think I'm going to yeah. pass on that one. Mew okay. <laughs> 2 is all right. I also lied. It's February 6th. <laughs> Let me get my facts straight. <laughs> All okay, right. that much better, Ben. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jillian, thank you. So Pokemon Day is a birthday. What do we normally get to do on Pokemon Day, though? What what makes it special? There's usually an announcement by the Pokemon company that announces, like, new games or upcoming news about, you know, games in the series. So today, some of the news was that they're releasing the new Arceus game in some vague future. It looks like it'll be focusing on Kalos, um, and Kalos is the region that is um, inspired by France. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested to see where that goes. I It sounds like potentially it's like another period period piece of <laughs> the Pokemon <laughs> renaissance with coming from Legends of Arceus open worlds platform. Um, so I, I really like this idea of Pokemon exploring different time periods. I think that's a really neat. No, it's I don't think it's like specifically the renaissance. I just said it's like the renaissance of like Pokemon having like a new era of... <laughs> um, I don't know. If I don't know. The, the only big thing that uh-huh. was mentioned during Big Thing is even a stretch, but the only real connection is that it has something to do with the, was it like a revamping of Lumio City or like a, mm-hmm. so that could, that could be, that could be honestly like Enlightenment period France if you wanted to go, if it, we're continuing <laughs> with like this historical aspect of it, because um, it's talking about how you're building Lumio City. So it's either that or we jump a million years in the future and it's, Hey guys, it's Lumio City 4.0 or something like that. <laughs> so could it be? So could it be one of two things? And could it be we're gonna go in the past and we uh-huh. get to hang out with Az uh-huh. and and like see that entire storyline, which could actually be really cool. That um, is my my early the guess game's is ZA. that it's Az backwards. Uh-huh. Lots of speculation about that we're gonna play through the three thousand years war. <laughs> Which like could be really interesting to have like a, <laughs> a warlands game. Yeah, they're... I don't know, but well, something's I... going on with that. They did show war in the Lucario movie, Lucario: yeah. The Mystery of Mew. Well, we have a Pokemon game that's actually based on war. So just if you don't remember, mm. Pokemon Conquest is actually Conquest. A game. MVP game, one um, of the best. It was such a good game. Conquest should have been better than it was. Like received better than it was. Okay, it was that's what I meant. Better, yeah. Yeah. Hold on. As the oldest person here, I'm going to tell you that it was received quite well. <laughs> you guys would have been like five. Oh, I guess it just wasn't very popular. Like, it like was, it didn't sell yeah. a lot. I don't know. Conquest yeah. is black and white. What do you mean five? How old were you guys? Was it? Yeah, it Conquest is. Out, it came out. Okay, so I know where I was living when it came out. So it had to be 2009 or 10. I'm. Oh, well, hello. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, I refute been... the notion that I was five. I was a good double digits. Thank you very much. Say, I would have been like 15. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were. Yeah, whatever. whatever. 2012. Yeah, I, 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 had, I had memories. Yeah. Most of my Pokemon, <laughs> like, fanatic friends weren't playing it. I think I was, like, one of the only households in my school that had it. I loved that game. It's great. 
it was justice. Um, <laughs> I, I think that too, and I think that's something that's worth mentioning uh, as we talk about how diplomatic today is. In the past, in previous generations, on previous councils, we've gotten a lot of spinoff games. Like when we were on the DS, we had like 18,000 different spinoff games. Uh, so we had uh-huh. the Rangers, we had Mystery Dungeon stuff coming back out. We had Conquest, like it just game after game after game. And even on the 3DS, we had a, more stuff than I feel like we're getting now. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of it's moving to this. Uh-huh. And 99% of the announcements today were, hey, here's an update to your favorite mobile game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. A lot only... of yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, they say the only big game they announced today, like they're like, oh, it's coming out next year. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. We just have uh, a whole year ahead of us of mobile apps. It's fine. It's fine. Weird. Weirdly, well, maybe weirdly, uh, a lot of people that uh, a lot of people that I know that are Pokemon fans are actually like excited about the fact that they're not releasing something new because the idea that they'll spend more time on the theoretical idea look we can believe madison we don't have to actually know whether or not that's true but the idea that hey we're not getting a new like main release remake they're going to take time on whatever insert next thing is uh that's a fun concept because i believe the legends team is just distinctly different from the other teams it's a different company it's a third party isn't it yeah exactly so yeah it's not even uh, the tpci it's not even a game freak so the fact that you could have an entire dedicated group sort of run the main switch, the the seventy dollar tier, yeah, for <laughs> you know you have another company working on that, so the company that well, like internally can theoretically work on black and white three or Gen ten or whatever, heard, yeah, the Ben ten I, version, yeah. I saw a lot of people say because of the way it was worded, it says Nintendo Switch consoles. That there is speculation. Oh that, yes, that, that it might be a dual release because we're gonna get Switch Two at some for the Switch Two. There's a second one coming. Uh huh. Allegedly, a second Allegedly. one's been a second one's technically been attempting to be released since I think 2019 or something. <laughs> like, well, because they had to update the hardware. Because essentially, like Nintendo Switch is actually like one whole generation behind Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that we have the yeah. Steam Deck. I think it's it's pushing a lot of consoles in a different direction. Well, and I think Nintendo has done things that the other consoles can't or won't. And I think that's important um, because I think Nintendo at the end of the day knows that it's a family game console, understands that. I think where they fall short, though, is that graphically they're behind a lot of the other consoles. Like it process wise, it just can't handle the graphics of a lot of um, PC games. But I think it's because they focus so much on the other features that it's almost like they don't see these graphics as the main focus. Because, like, on a PlayStation, like, you know, we're not doing like we used to do back in when I was a kid, where you got your split screen hookup and four of us are sitting here on the big home screen TV playing <laughs> X Men uh-huh. Legends 2. Like, that's not happening anymore. So, like, X, you know, PlayStation and Xbox. I don't even need my friend to be in the same house anymore to game with you. So I can put more focus into the processing than into the other technologies for like, you know, the split screen and stuff like that. Whereas Nintendo constantly is focused on how do I keep everyone together? And I think that's the mm. big difference. And Nintendo knows that. 
-hmm. I mean, that's why we have our, our little dock that has docks for eight controllers. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in our house has different colors. I'm not going to lie. Okay, so then, like, can Nintendo, like, supply me with the friends necessary for this as well? Or... Ben, I'm right <laughs> here. I meant in person. <laughs> <laughs> like, but... in my house. I'm already there. <laughs> we did so much Mario Kart last year after the hospital because Haley learned that she loved it because I brought my Switch to the hospital. Uh -huh. I was stuck there for a week, so I had Kevin hook it up to the TV, and I could—I played it from the bed. But then <laughs> Wait, that's actually realized, so fun. <laughs> it was great, and then Haley realized she loved Mario Kart. So then I was like, "Okay, I guess I got to buy you your own Joy Cons now." Uh -huh. and, and like we had Mario Kart parties last summer. Well, I will just say I disagree that Pokemon Day is anticlimactic because I think. Pika Science brings the climactic part. Oh, and that's what we're talking about today's event. Thank Pokemon you, Day. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, Jillian, today's event, I'm going to be moderating here, uh, if everyone's okay with that. Uh, we sure. have a lot, a lot of questions here from a lot of great fans, friends, listeners, all those great people here, uh, including including Fred and Steve and Joe and, and Bill and Ted. Um Thank you, too. Ben's like, two of us laugh and continue. I, underst I understood that. <laughs> ben, my, my favorite uh, thing ever, I was a big Bare Naked Ladies fan in the, in the early 2000s and late 90s, and there was a concert I went to once where they made a joke, and after the joke, they said, five people thought that was funny, and we're all on stage. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. Been there, done that. All right, so our first question comes from Nick, whose favorite is Slowbro. And Nick says, do Pokemon need a lot of calories all the time in order to do the moves that they do? Or do they all have, like, different energy sources? We got Okay. Here. I think we have all sorts of colors on our spreadsheet. Yeah, I, well, I kind of took um, interest in this one. And anyone can interject at any point and add their thoughts. But when I think about energy and organisms, I imagine that most Pokemon require some significant amount of energy to perform their battle moves, and they'll need energy anyways just to live. Hello, homeostasis, anybody? Um, but <laughs> battling in general, is it's an energy-consuming activity, and I think a really good example of this that anyone can relate to is like playing sports or participating in some kind of physical activity. I personally am the kind of person to be super hungry after st strenuous activity and not even just like playing sports or something. I get hungry after sitting through two classes in the morning and having to use all of my brain power to like think and process information unironically. Um, so just thinking about how much energy that consumes in us I feel like in Pokemon, there's there's a lot of dynamic things happening with energy. And I don't know the details of like Pokemon food or how much, you know, different Pokemon consume. Obviously, it's going to vary. We've got a ton of variation and diversity in Pokemon. But you can also explore this through the lens of the kinds of energies required by some Pokemon. So for example, we know a handful of Pokemon use photosynthesis, right? So that's one way of capturing energy and being able to use it. Um, I You can think of like perhaps solar beam too, right? There's a, a period of gathering energy and then that energy is all 
released um the mechanisms of which i failed the the atp photosynthesis krebs cycle all of that so don't ask me um but there's other things we can think about too right like electricity pikachu stores electricity um and such as other electric type pokemon and so they might not have to necessarily eat that energy but they would have to find that energy source somewhere and even finding energy sources is going to take energy in itself so there's a lot going on in terms of um calorie dynamics and metabolism but i think that was a really interesting question because it sparks a lot more questions for me than answers <laughs> uh, okay i think too i just thought about this too this is reflected in pp or powerpoints or pokemon because the strongest moves have the least PP. I'm thinking like hydro pump, you can only use five times because I'm sure it's incredibly consuming. But then like splash, which does nothing, you can use like 50 times. Um, <laughs> so I think that's reflected through that somehow. There's some sure. kind of math involved in there. It, can I phone a, a math friend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a math problem. <laughs> I, uh, I actually think about this though. I know actually Chelsea, Lila and I, and I got to release this uh, the day after this is dropping. Uh, Chelsea, Lila and I did the whole episode last Friday. And uh, one of the things we did talk about was uh, the plant type Pokemon with photosynthesis as a adaptation here. Um, and I do know that, and Ch Jillian, I'm sure you'll correct me if I think that, no matter how wrong I am. I, I do know that there are, I think it's a, there's wasp species, ornamental wasps, right? That can collect, that can do photosynthesis. I'm not sure. I, I, <laughs> I know there, there's, there's some, it's like either an ornamental wasp or hornet, because I know we've talked about it. Um, one of our early panels that we would do on our convention trips was talking about Pokemon that are animals that we thought needed to be Pokemon because they were more interesting. Uh, surprise, surprise, Ivory and Rivnoot was on that list and now is the coolest Pokemon ever. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. But I imagine things that have options of photosynthesis probably do have to consume less calories. Um, what I think of is actually, does that speed stat actually translate into calorie burning? So we know that know. slow moving animals sometimes have a less calorie rich diet. I think of pandas. They're useless. Um, where like your diet is so useless that essentially you just kind of like, okay, I'm just going to munch and just kind of lay here. And then we know of animals that like great white sharks that need to eat high cal uh, caloric, high fat content, high protein content. And so does that tell me that Grinja is out there just like gobbling crap, like constantly, like, I don't know, for me, that makes me do, it does make me think like that maybe some Pokemon would have a more intense diet for sure than others. And I think that kind of fits the question in general. In terms of the wasps, I'm seeing this now. So it is an oriental hornet and they convert sunlight into electricity, but it's not photosynthesis oh, um, because photosynthesis requires the use of chloroplasts and chloroplasts are a special kind of cell in plants um, that are, are used to capture sunlight and um animals don't have chloroplasts but what's really interesting like madison pointed out is this is an organism that's utilizing solar energy and converting it into electricity that does sound like a great pokemon yeah jeff goldblum wrote the number two the letter two sorry snl celebrity jeopardy clearly i'm aging myself constantly with you all 
Um, it's Eli, who, like Scissor said, who's the smartest Pokemon? So I love this question because I am a Gen 3 lover and Metagross is in this answer. Um, so, okay. There are so many answers to this question, depending on what angle you want to take. According to a lot of Pokédex entries, Alakazam and Metagross are the two smartest. They are smarter than supercomputers. I think Metagross has four brains. Alakazam's IQ is something like four or 5,000. It's like really extreme numbers. (laughs) Um, And then we have some other Pokémon that I know, according to their Dex entries, they can see into different times. So past, future, um, Gothitil and Zachu are specifically said to be able to do this. I feel like that is a sign of particular intelligence of some kind. And then in the anime, we see Slowking is capable of speech. In Pokémon the Movie 2000, of course, Meowth is capable of human speech. So there's all these answers. But by and large, it's mostly um, psychic types that are shown to be, which makes sense. Like the brain type seem to be the smartest. So I just want to comment really quick. As we have joked about, um, we had an old panel that uh, we used to do about how Pokémon doesn't understand physics at all or numbers. Uh (laughs) they just make stuff up (laughs) yeah like a 4000 iq would be so insane um and and as someone whose background is in cognitive psych like i can't even comprehend theoretically what that means right because the human scale what taps out at what like 200 like (laughs) well yeah your your super geniuses i think are in like the 220s 230s and even yeah then, maybe that intelligence is a human construct start. though yeah, it's it based did. on it's yeah. human centered so maybe there's a pokemon intelligence we haven't tapped into <laughs> we don't even understand okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean not to mention iq tests are incredibly racist but i'm not going to get into that right now uh but no, I uh, gifted, gifted in like like a uh, high IQ. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm quieter than everyone else. Sorry, is that better? <laughs> Hopefully, that's better. So, gifted and 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 like a uh, high intelligence actually starts a lot lower than two hundred. Just so we're aware, mm, um, right? Because within the first standard deviation, so you have to remember that a hundred is the the center, right? Because we all we all know stats. Um, that first we try to <laughs> okay so that first deviation actually ends at about 115 120 so to go beyond that is still yeah so, so four thousand. that's it that, that's it that's how that's how stats work <laughs> i also want to throw a shout out to blip bug in the smartest pokemon blip bub Blipbug, Dotler, and Orbeetle. So that's like their whole theme is that they're like looking for knowledge and they're really nerdy and they turn into this like crazy, awesome, super intelligent, extraterrestrial looking being, basically Lady Gaga anyways. <laughs> hey, you take it back. Speaking of which, what? did you see, did you see uh, the news tabloids posted a picture of her with her nails? No, but now someone should Photoshop Flipbug oh, yeah, with no, like an acrylics. Well, no, 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 oh. no, 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 because no. these two are not long. Oh, I see. <sighs> oh, that's meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so anyways, moving on to our next question. Um, oh, also, I'm going to say uh, Shelder's the smartest because he does no work. Shelder has learned how to leash off a slowbro. <laughs> or slowpoke, whatever. Yeah, we're seeing there's all types of way to um, define intelligence. This is a, this is a tricky <laughs> question. <laughs> Shelder just cons everyone out of their money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing work today. All right, so Maya, who likes Gengar, said, why is Gengar a ghost and poison type? So, Maya, here's the thing. Ghastly Haunter and Gengar are Japanese names, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't think I am, because I had to do this at work <laughs> to, to get answers without the internet. Um, they all mean ghost in some form. Um, so, like, they do literally just translate to ghost. Uh, so, I'm not sure the poison typing so here's what i would speculate is that in gen one psychic type was so overpowered that the creators wanted psychic types to appear to be the strongest types like it was really clear so it would mean that giving gengar line poison that alakazam could check its one and only counter so because remember gen one we don't have um if I'm not mistaken, Bug wasn't super effective against Psychic yet. And Dark. That was, yeah. So. Yeah. That was Bug a. Um, has been trash for so I, long. I think. I think no it Dark was, types, right? No, I remember what it was. Bug has no moves just in general in that generation. So even if you had a good Bug type, then it wouldn't work. And then I think it was miscoded that Ghost type was super effective, but actually it wasn't, which just made Alakazam and the other Psychic types even that much better. Yep. Yeah, so again, um, back to all those uh, Gen 1 purists. Back to, my constitution is the perfect constitution made in 1760. Shut up. That game had so <laughs> many problems, it's not even funny. Your friend could be surfing at the wrong spot in Cinnabar Island and break their game forever. You guys don't even True. know the horrors. You don't know the horrors. <laughs> I've um, only played virtual console. I'll admit it. So. I've had it's way had different. So, I had so many friends try to glitch the game on purpose that they like broke their game. <laughs> oh, the nineties! <laughs> oh man, um, I will say all, at least uh... we all looked for that stupid truck that we <laughs> was hidden under. <laughs> we all taped our gameplay, uh... put brand new batteries in it, and taped it, and, and was hoping for the truck. <laughs> um. I will say, Ghastly, I think, having the poison type makes sense, because I think it's implied to be oh, poison, poison gas. Yeah. Um, and and my my logic has always just been, when when I saw the question, I just was thinking about it along with the other ones. My thought was, this is Gen 1. I don't think they ever thought about taking away types, because they did that in Gen 2 with um, with Blossom, and then they like switch types up. Uh, you know, going from like Onyx to Steelix, so in they'll take away one and replace the other. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So my guess is, hey, Ghastly's a poison type. Haunter, I guess, also makes sense as a poison type. I guess we'll just keep it because why not? And here we are now with Gengar <laughs> stuck as a ghost poison. <laughs> okay. So you know that checks out. <laughs> it all checks out. Who knows? Uh, so Kai, whose favorite Pokemon is Pikachu, says, how is Pikachu able to make light? Um, none of us fielded this question, but I'm happy to speculate here if anyone else wants to jump in. Um, I had two possible thoughts here. So uh, 
One being that we do know there are animals in the animal kingdom that can make light. Uh, I think of anglerfish. I think of uh, lightning bugs. So electric Pokemon could have chemical reactions. I don't know. Because we all know they can gain flash. Like Pokemon that gain flash maybe have this weird chemical reaction. I think with electric type Pokemon, it's based in electricity, whereas bioluminescence um, is not necessarily based in electricity. It's, um, like Madison said, chemical reactions, um, and it's, you know, within, it's it's made within their internal systems, whereas electricity can be garnered from outside sources from electric type Pokemon. But it's a game, so it's all whatever we speculate. You'd explain to me why my barrel learns Flash. <laughs> because it was the designated HM carrier for the game. That's why. That is... I mean, have we have we tested Kimberberrel glow in the dark? Like, is it phosphorescent? <laughs> like... Well, there are some mammals that that do glow <laughs> under UV light. It is possible. Okay. We don't actually know why they do that. It's flying squirrels that do that. Yes. They, so you can just like shine a light on a flying squirrel in the night and they will glow. So maybe B-Barrel is some sort of derivative of that. Andrew, I think the next question is yours, by the way. Yes. Because um, we did totally talk about this at Ooh. the convention. So uh, ja Jami, uh, who likes Heracross, said, how expensive would it be to own Pokemon? Yeah, we, we talked about this in one of the recent convention uh, episodes that uh, I think it was a couple weeks ago, if I had to, I to guess right, Madison. Time, time. <laughs> time is a thing. I was um, literally at that convention center on Sunday, and Kevin said, we were just here. And I said, we were? What? <laughs> and he was like, with Ben and Andrew, and I was like, oh, yeah. Was <laughs> well, like, that was the thing happened? we did this year. Um, uh, short answer, it'd be very expensive. <laughs> A long answer is it would be annoyingly expensive. Uh, it depends on the type of Pokemon you have. Uh, obviously, you have to take, take into account like actual care and space and supplies, food, all that sort of stuff. I would assume, just based on statistical logic, that's not a real thing, but sure, uh, that uh, Snorlax would be significantly more expensive to take care of than, say, um, I'm, I'm trying to think, I swear there's Pop something it. that like, Hoppip, sure, why not? I'm trying to think of a Pokemon that literally fasts for a living, because I feel like there is something. There's at least one. Komala, there you go, that's a perfect example. Mm, great uh, one. You've got, you had Snorlax on one side, who uh, when awake, tries to eat your house. And then you have Kamala, who is never awake, and therefore will not try to eat your house. Uh, benefits. Sure, it would be like a pet if the pet could also accidentally burn your house down, or cause a flood, or have it snow at random points in the day just because they're feeling like it you know the insurance costs would be astronomical well said jillian in fact <laughs> we're gonna have an episode about insurance that i've been putting off because i want to make madison stuff uh, suffer <laughs> i thought you were gonna say stuff it i was like what did she say <laughs> this is so aggressive <laughs> when we came up with the idea of doing economics one of the first things i said was i said i had two things that i absolutely wanted or three things i absolutely wanted to do organized crime which was actually your idea too and we've never done it huh. um <laughs> organized crime was up there and i was like we need to talk about black markets like so bad i need to talk about black markets we said um, poaching was another one. 
to tie into black markets and how that works uh, because those are a market and they are an underground market. <laughs> Uh, but also organized crime doesn't necessarily have to be a black market because it can be other things too. Um, and the other big one I really wanted to talk about was insurance. Yep. Oh, for three so far. And I'm proud of it, but that streak's breaking. <laughs> <laughs> you wait, you wait. Next week, we got a surprise for everybody. <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I cannot lie to you. I, I want to talk about how expensive insurance would be in the Pokemon. I guess we mentioned a, this at the convention, yeah. A good comparison, I think, for people to draw would be thinking about, like, I don't know, I think about lizards. Like, you could keep in a knoll, which does require much more than most people think, but it's smaller space, right? And, you know, they only eat so much versus if you got, like, an iguana, which technically requires, like, its own bedroom-sized room. So, you know... Bigger Pokemon, bigger costs, or or more energetically, I guess, invested Pokemon. And if you're a battler, gosh, I don't envy the cost of being a Pokemon. The health insurance cost on Pokemon battling. I mean, I know Pokemon centers are free, but then you gotta you gotta think about paying Nurse Joy. You gotta think about the the technology. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I keep going back to because uh, we talked about this at the convention that. Snorlax eats more than an elephant and how expensive it is for zoos to feed elephants like it's 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 about I think it's like a thousand dollars a day yeah only the privileged trainers who grew up in economic cushiness I mean, can own a Snorlax I mean that's the truth though like you'd have to be super wealthy mm. to feed your Snorlax oh new hot take Snorlax is wet like um hidden behind a paywall it's a luxury <laughs> Pokemon Yes. <laughs> next question Nyan who likes Jigglypuff wants to know how would being cute help Jigglypuff this is an evolution question I think about so, my thought went to big eyes like in babies and puppies if we're thinking about beneficial traits of Pokemon and we're considering being cute a beneficial trait we want to think about the context in which being cute is beneficial to Jigglypuff and so the first thing that probably comes to mind is predation right and they can use this cuteness to you know we have charm right charm makes your enemy think oh you're so cute you know I I'm really into you, whatever. Um, so that cuteness in that sense is protecting them um, from a predator or from an opponent um, or perhaps even from people, right? Maybe you're a trainer trying to catch a wild Jigglypuff and you're like, oh, it's so cute, but you're so infatuated by it that it helps it escape you or or you... Um, you know, you're too slow to catch it, but you're like, oh, it's just so cute. You know, you get the cute aggression and you're standing there for like five minutes. I do that with cats. I <laughs> That's what I think about. Um, other contexts and when being cute would be beneficial. I don't know, comp Pokemon competitions. <laughs> but that's not really an evolutionary trait. If we're thinking about the scale of evolutionary time and, and having this trait because of something, it's probably not Pokemon competitions because they haven't been around long enough for Jigglypuff to evolve that. Um, but Millions maybe of years of Pokemon music. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, Chelsea was talking to us about uh, animals uh, when we did the thing on Friday about different animals that have been adapting to humans and that we've seen evolution already driven by by animals since I heard to, to thrive with humans. 
That makes sense. I mean, like a hundred years of Jigglypuff, maybe the eyes went from like, I mean, I think of wolves and dogs, right? Mm -hmm. I think of corgis. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Jigglypuff Jigglypuff was once a gigantic like scream tail. See, okay, we have basis for this, and now look at it. It's not so scary. Like, this makes sense. I like how cats have been around people for as long as theoretically possible, yet they're seemingly unchanged, unlike the wolf. So I say Chad cat, boo wolf. Cats are based. They've never had to change for us. They were perfect. (laughs) Perfect. I mean, you say that, but like, I mean, I know we have different varieties of cats now. That is true, but they all... They're just oh, they just they just do so perfect. I love them. <laughs> Anyways, okay, right, so Yuna, our- that's enough. <laughs> our next question is uh, from Prey, who likes Morpeko, and says, "Why is Morpeko different colors on each side? Does this help him?" I have no okay. idea. This is I don't an excellent know enough question. about. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to take a different approach to this question and that he changes color from yellow and black to black and purple. And so maybe there's some kind of like way we can tie this to chameleons or octopi, (laughs) you know, animals that change their coloration. I don't know why more people would do it. Like you would think a chameleon would do it for camouflage, same with an octopus. But chameleons don't use it for camouflage. They use it to convey mood. Or mood mating, perhaps for some other creatures oh. in all sorts of ways. Well, Morpeko does do it for mood. I mean, that's literally why he changes it's color. It's a, a form of communication. So, yeah. color via communication. So, does that mean Morpeko has a different color when they're trying to mate? Potentially. Who I knows? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> should we all like throw together a picnic with one and see? <laughs> If we get an egg from it, I don't know. Kelsey, we need the mating color of the sticker now. <laughs> um, okay, so Parker, who likes Pikachu, says, why does Pokemon say their own names? So I think I took a stab at this answer. Um, so I said, uh, animals have a variety of communication methods. And Jillian, feel free to correct me at any point. Um, <laughs> some can make a few sounds, and some can make many sounds, and some have language, and some have a few sounds to respond to represent different ideas you know whales for example can have regional dialects i know that and some animals have different sounds to represent different uh, members of their families or other animals they know and i know like uh, monkeys do that too um some versions of pokemon such as some of the short series uh some versions of like the anime pokemon the pokemon actually do not say their name they actually make sounds reminiscent to animals in our world so i think twilight wings is one of them where they they made different sounds. So like in the anime as well, some Pokemon actually don't say their name. I think of Victory Bell, kind of screeches. Charizard roars. Gyarados kind of growls. Dragonite kind of goes, kind of hums. And Staryu says, yeah. And Kinkler says, cookie. Take that as you will. Uh, my understanding that has to do with an actual crab sound, but you could all correct me on that if I'm wrong. Uh, so that said, some Pokemon like Ditto and Mew can say other Pokemon's names when they transform as well. So kind of complex answer here. So what I think is that beyond any of that, any of that, what it comes down to is marketing. 
and this is where I'm going to say Andrew or jump in if you have any thoughts here. Um, I think having their names said over and over again helps consumers know the names of the characters, which can support sales. So Pokemon had a far worse anime, I'm going to say objectively, than the original Digimon, yet it caught on a lot better. And I think a lot of this uh, ties into behavioral sciences and cognitive research that shows that development of specific regions of the brains can actually occur with stronger uh, connections if there is some repetition. And I think the repetition of the sound helps us create specialized regions that tie into memory of what they are. So essentially, the more that fans remember the characters, the more the company can sell merchandise. And I think this is why like, we see Pokemon right now as they're trying to attract a new generation of fans. Um, instead of making uh, the, uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of it, the Paradox Mons, which Nintendo, please make me some Paradox Mon plush. I've been waiting now for two years. Uh, they keep, you know, like, hey, here's the 8,000th Charmander plush we've made. Uh, but I think I think that's the big thing is that it's it's like a merchandising thing that Pokemon took a really strong route because they knew how to merchandise. You know, you add the poker wrap into the mix and you have a recipe for, you know, a reward schedule. Essentially, it's like a behavioral <laughs> reward schedule. And we eat it up every single time. <laughs> as much. Oh, I yeah, I, I yeah, I basically agree. I think from a design standpoint. It's a lot easier to get people to remember things if they hear it over and over and over again. That's basically my method for trying to study for exams is just listen to recordings of lectures over and over again. Um, and it's been the most successful in that I have not failed any classes yet. So that's a good sign. Um, but I, it, on a more serious note, I think that's a, that's an easy way to, especially as time goes on and more and more Pokemon show up, uh, it becomes that much more important for uh for new viewers, for old viewers to to quickly latch on to what's this big giant red dragon looking thing? Oh, even the Charizard isn't a good example. It doesn't say its name, but uh, say Charmander, for example. Um, <laughs> what's this tiny little lizard fire thing? Char, Char. Okay, clearly it's got some name that starts with Char. Charmander. Wow. Cool. Fire type. Kanto. Gen 1. We dive into the world from there. It's a, it's a good way of latching on quickly. Just by watching a couple of episodes, you instantly get, you know who the like main characters are, you know who their main partners are, because they keep saying their name over and over again. Uh, so it becomes very easy to, to And I think to that was a difficulty point. with the Digimon anime for American viewers, because again, we're going to talk about American viewers in a time period where Saban, because again, my kid's a big Power Rangers fan, uh, Saban thought that American kids were too stupid to handle new Power Ranger lineups, which is why they kept Tommy Oliver there for five seasons. Because they're like, American kids are so stupid, they're not going to understand that these are the same show. Um, <laughs> sorry. But, like, I think about that. Like, Digimon had eight kids and eight sponsors that turned into four different things. And, like, that's a lot for a kid. Whereas you're like, who's that? Oh, it said Butterfree 14 times. That's Butterfree. That's my I answer. do remember the theme song well. It just the theme song is repetitive. Oh, you meant the American one, not the Japanese one. I like the Japanese one. No, the English one. And also you get the blah, 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 Digivolve 2, blah, 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 which is much longer than Pika Pika. Yeah, I got to say that's the only part of Digimon I remember is the song. So I think this theory is accurate. Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. Electro Diglett, Nidoran, Menke, Venus Rotata, Fear Ropinji. Mm-hmm. 
it is this repetition it's really working uh-huh. no uh-huh. yeah it's, a marketing thing. it's totally a marketing thing pokemon as much as people give them crap especially all the new pal world friends give them crap um pokemon knows how to do their marketing that's one thing you got to give them is they understand their marketing and their audience and they know how to deliver to their audience and they know that their audience is not a bunch of angry 30 year olds their audience is the 10 year olds coming into the game because those are long-term buyers where the 30 year old may not be a long-term buyer or we already have been yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh yeah Uh, okay so our next question comes from iris who likes dunsparce it says, what kind of region, religious holidays and celebrations do you think the Pokemon will have? Um, I'll listen to Ben if Ben has thoughts here. Uh, but I know <laughs> okay. we, we did talk about this in the first Poke College episode. We talked about um, alcohol and, relig- and, and celebrations. And we talked about how in the Pokemon world, they would probably look kind of similar. Uh, I don't know. I'd imagine we'd have, you know, people probably celebrating their local like legendary mon for sure this is what i was gonna say yeah like hey you know that's a landris he watches over the state we all love landris (laughs) (laughs) um i'm thinking yeah two different pathways for this is one definitely a huge um focus on like local festivities so i'm thinking of like the teal mask dlc story like there's the festival of masks and which is like integral to the plot of that dlc but i think you would see that across all Pokemon regions that there's these like local unique festivals they're celebrating their heritage of the region um, local traditions often mixed up with religion that makes a lot of sense Um, I think the other way to think about this would be these massive historically relevant holidays so I'm thinking of like the darkest day in Galar I would assume that they would celebrate the day the darkest day ended Um, something that's like history in the making right Pokemon is funny because it the does day, reference the day Paldea was conquered. Right. Re- okay. Yeah. Like I figure that that would be a huge thing. That someone that like a federal holiday, like the LE4 gets to, gets to take off that day. The, the Unova Unova <laughs> uh, Independence Celebration from Galar. Yes. Right. <laughs> like things that have been constituted for thousands of years of history. Um, the funny so, thing about Pokemon is it does reference real holiday, you know, quote unquote real holidays. Like we have Delibird. But I wouldn't say that Pokemon, the region, has Christmas. So I'm kind of like, it does. does it? There's a whole anime episode about it. There's three of them. Oh, okay. But then like... And that... there are Christmas trees in them, and Santa shows up in two of them. That begs so many questions, because like, is there Christianity in <laughs> Pokemon then? Because like, <laughs> or, or is it like or, purely the pagan version of Christmas? Or, I don't know. <laughs> it's the pagan roots. Or is it like Japan? Do you get your KFC and tell your lover that you love them? Like a totally different context, right? Different Christmas. (laughs) Different Christmas. Yeah. So, but I would say, yeah, long answer, short answer, like local holidays and festivals, but then like big historical, like freedom independence days. I would imagine too that religion would develop one way or another because humans do what humans do. We look for patterns. We look for signs. And I know you and I tend to probably to approach these topics a little differently than everyone else. Um, and, I, and I'm and i going to be cautious here. I'm just, I'm going to explain my, my understanding from my background. Uh, you know, 
using evolutionary theory to look at religious development and how <laughs> different cultures and religions developed over time, like we see the same patterns within humans over and over and over and over, and over again, right? We look for things and our brains are giant pattern machines. They That's why people look at the moon and they're like, there's a face. There's no face on the moon, guys. Your brain is designed to look for faces. Like that is part of, there's a region in the brain to do that. And so I think people would also pick up on like patterns. And I imagine that there would probably definitely be religious development as well. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, like we know Arche Arceus exists and Miu exists. Like mm -hmm. I bet you there's a church of Miu out there. Uh, you know, uh, it's probably a church for Arceus. Uh, and then there's probably the church mm -hmm. for Giratina that actually is fighting for women's rights. Uh, that that one's out there probably. <laughs> yes, it's very Church of Satan happening over here. Yes. Well, speaking of churches, there's there's literally a church in Hardome City, in the Gen Four games. Uh huh. There's just With a the giant cathedral. Glass. That's just yeah. it's it's the whole nine yards, and people are just kind of there vibing. And there's no, I don't think there's a reference to actual like religion or anything. I don't think there's like a, like you know a a cross that's supposed to like symbolize christianity or just even like a, a book right. on a counter or anything it's just kind of just hey look at this cathedral that gives off real gothic uh it, it seems like, sacred right life. yeah mm -hmm. this is very very important and, and then of course gen 4 being the region where you know you have quote unquote the god uh being introduced <laughs> it's kind of a sign it's like hey this should probably mean something but it's just kind of like no that's the big house over there uh oh. meanwhile and there's all sorts of like <laughs> statues to the the creator Pokemon, uh, Dayaga and Palkia and Giratina mm -hmm. and Arceus. Like, we have that whole thing. And, and then in in uh, Heart Gold and Soul yes. Silver, the the Arceus event with Spirit Pillar or Sky Pillar, whatever the heck it was called. Whatever Arceus, I just remember doing the thing. I remember doing the thing. I don't. It's been a long time. Uh, but I think so too. I think I think people naturally are inclined to look for meaning. Um, and I, because I, I know I, I had to acknowledge today to my best friend that I've been doing this in my current relationship, situationship, situationship at the moment, relationship, situationship, looking for a meeting where there probably is none. It's <laughs> uh, like our brains are designed to do that. And if everything else looks similar to our world, I imagine the humans there have similar brain structures. Uh -huh. Yeah, which makes me think, right, that I didn't even say earlier, there's probably not just local festivals where it's fun, it's a weekend, I think, like the Festival of Masks and Kitakami, I'm thinking probably there's like daily rituals too, like these, um, I like that you pointed out like the statue in Diamond and Pearl in Eterna City, there's also the town where like Cynthia's, um, I think Cynthia's mom lives, um there's clearly like daily rituals that these people are doing that have to do with the deity pokemon so that yeah is yeah. a more more day-to-day -day level of festivity mm -hmm. okay so i'm going to go through some of these in kind of a speed rack we still have multiple pages to do 